Coming up on Telling the Odds, we unpack the Kenobi special look, Sabine Wren has been cast in the Ahsoka series, and Rogue Squadron's been indefinitely delayed. What time is it, 3PO? It is time for Telling the Odds. Hello everybody, welcome back to Telling the Odds. It is episode two of our audio-visual presentation of the podcast. Uh, well, technically the first one didn't count. It was kind of just like a, a yeah. bonus channel update this version the of the... first proper new one. It was. It was the very first, uh, yes, the first proper one in yep. this new format we're doing. Yep. Welcome back, guys. Uh, yeah, so you would have gotten acclimatized to the new setting in which we're doing this podcast mm. uh, the first time. And then uh, for it to be completely changed the week, two weeks after. Exactly. We've got a new table and all that stuff. Yeah, that's what we were talking about before we started is we said, uh, yeah, be, be prepared for a lot of cool new videos mm-hmm. and all that stuff, channel update, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. And then we don't make videos for like two weeks. Uh, no, that's because I was yep. uh, I was on a holiday, mm. but I'm back now. Uh, I don't know about you, Michael, but when you're on a plane, I believe that if you are at the window, mm. right, if you're at the window, the window is yours. Right. All yeah. right. Like if someone says, hey, can you, t- hey, can you close the window? Right. I'm like, no, I like, I, mean, I like the window open. Exemption of like sleeping. But like. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. If it was like. Like yeah. uh, this was a flight in the middle of the day, oh, right? Yeah. And it was only from Victoria to New South Wales, so yeah. it was like an hour's flight. It's really a privilege, exactly. exactly. Everyone knows that. These are the laws. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, when he this person asked for the window to go down, and look, were well, you going to be tra- <laughs> turning into a podcast? We just complain about things in our lives. I'm love it. Hey, I'm yeah. just shooting the shit before we get into it. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah. No, it's just you don't want to cause a fuss. So no. yeah, you close it. Yeah, Everything yeah. is okay. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, welcome back. Uh, today we've got a lot, a lot of cool stuff to talk about, yeah. a lot of cool Star Wars-related stuff to talk Lots about. Lots of news, things we have to catch up in while we've been away. But yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, basically what we're going to do first is talk about a little show called Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, a little while ago, Disney, Disney Plus, had Disney Plus Day, which uh, kind of sucked, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in, I mean, I, I haven't... I haven't Paid too much attention to it overall. I've been kind of like out of the loop a bit, but certainly when you're po- focusing purely on the Star Wars side, it was pretty lacking. It was uh, pretty lacking. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, well, here's the thing. I mean, it was kind of hyped up by the YouTubers at mm. large because I watched so many videos. Oh, Kenobi trailers is yeah. what we're going to see. Yeah, I saw it later, yeah, a number of them saying 100% yeah. like rumors are confirmed. Like, we didn't get time. anything. We didn't get like nothing, but, yeah. but, but also. I feel like it was kind of important for them to show like a little bit more. I you mean, like s- it seems like there should have been a trailer. Look, like- Obi Wan has has finished filming. Yeah. All right, uh, Andor has at least I, I believe they're they're it returns the show that I keep forgetting exists. Yeah, uh, but you know what else? The funny thing is that the, the funny thing I found is yeah. that uh, we got the book of Boba Fett trailer about a week beforehand. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't why not part re- of that? Why not release it on Disney Plus Day if you don't if you know that you're not going to have a lot of stuff to show, yeah, right? Put, that there. put the Boba, put the book of Boba Fett trailer on Disney Plus Day and we all go nuts. I mean, I, I guess they maybe like it's like a marketing thing cuz book of Boba Fett is pretty close. So maybe they've been like trying to set the marketing in motion to like build up for like that being their big Disney Plus selling thing for the end of the year and they might want to start it early so they can like start marketing on like TVs or whatnot. But it, yeah, it just feels a very strange decision. From a marketing standpoint, it didn't it didn't feel like a, a, a good decision, especially because of the fact that Marvel was all over Disney Plus Day. I mean yep. they, they had so much yeah, to show. Exactly. Uh which was which was kind of cool. We saw a lot of, you know, She Hulk related stuff and mm. uh, if you're watching this 
you know, live, uh, or, you know, once it's been released, uh, Hawkeye has just come out and I'm enjoying that show. Have you watched those episodes yet? I have yet to watch them yet. I will, I will, I'll do that before next I like week. them. I really enjoy what I've seen so far. And we'll probably do a review of that once the show's over. We're mm-hmm. not going to do like a episode by episode thing. We yeah. probably will do that for Book of Boba Fett. Though. Yeah, we will do that for Book yeah. of Boba Fett. Uh, so basically what we saw in this uh, Disney Plus Day's uh, Star Wars presentation is just this special look mm. at uh, at Obi-Wan, right? Yeah. Where you basically got to see uh, Deborah Chow uh, sort of present the show talk about what we're going to be doing as well as Ewan McGregor. Yeah, you know? got, it was pretty much purely, fo- I mean, I assume the show will be too, but like he focusing, says, <laughs> what? He says there was like a, he said there, there's a hunger for this character to yeah. come back and the fans have been waiting long enough. Right. I'm like, so, uh, yeah. Exactly. I feel like this, and as well as presumably the show as well, pretty much focusing entirely on Ewan McGregor as like Kenobi. Like that's the Correct. main reason most everyone's interested in it. So I understand why that was like a major focus. But yeah, Honest, in terms- honestly, it seems to me that Obi Wan has the potential to be the most hyped up and possibly the best Star Wars like yeah. project since you know the original trilogy. Exactly. I mean, exactly. It's been the main thing that you and I have been always like saying is our most anticipated thing. Absolutely. Since it was announced. Even really before it was announced, this was like, oh, yeah, this is something we want to see. Um, I think more we were like originally leaning towards a movie, but I think I'm more excited for a TV show, especially with the direction that Marvel TV versus movies is going. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, especially because Mandalorian has proven that you can have those kind of long form stories mm. uh, because, you know, if and we have them look amazing, have them look amazing because of the budget that Lucasfilm has, you yeah. know, it's because, you know, I mean, we've got now 16 episodes of the Mandalorian, each yep. almost an hour long. Mm. So if you think about it, we've got maybe you know, 14, 14 and a half hours worth of yeah. Mandalorian content, which is so much more than any one single movie could provide. Exactly. It's more than a trilogy could provide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to get up some of those images that we can unpack in right. a minute. So yeah, basically it wasn't quite a trailer, which really sucked, but it was more of just like, yeah, talking about like what we can expect, showing some concept art. And again, it's got me more excited for the show. Like afterward, I, I've always been excited, but after seeing this, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be really exciting and really cool. But it would have been nice to see a trailer. It, it would, would have been really yeah. great to see a trailer. I think it'll be. I think we can expect a trailer kind of soonish. Maybe it'll drop with uh, Book of Boba Fett. Maybe it'll coincide with its release. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, guys. Sorry for the wait. We're just going to get this trailer up so we can have some stuff to mm. to reference, and uh, they should be popping up on your screen once we start to talk about them. Mm. But uh, we're just going to get them up for ourselves as well. Uh, so basically, the first one that we see is like this. Um, it's like this yeah. this photo of basically Ewan McGregor imagined like reimagined as like a half Ewan McGregor half kind of Alec Guinness yeah white interesting like kind of how they do that kind of like a graying beard I'm not sure ex- I, mean, I don't know if we're exactly sure when this is set but like certainly early Empire but not like I don't know if it's going to be ten like years ten years ten years after Revenge of the Sith so it's closer to Alec Guinness than it is Obi Wan yeah than by Ewan one McGregor. year because there's nineteen years that he's on that, that we're about to discover okay so. so it'll be interesting to see yeah how they what they do to make him look. You and I mean Alec Guinnessy, but uh, yes, yeah. yeah. I love because the uh, I'm loving the look creature is riding on Phantom Menace and EOP, uh, an EOP? yeah, I think it's an EOP, yeah, <gasps> amazing. Piusa, <laughs> oh nice, yeah. Uh, so obviously he's on Tatooine if he's riding an EOP, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is which is great because another thing that you hear Ewan McGregor say is you know he's got this one last mission which is to keep Luke safe. So mm. obviously we're gonna see a little bit of that. Um, we saw kind of similar ideas in when we saw him in Rebels show up again, like this idea that he's a single focused like uh, mind in the desert, like he's here to protect Luke, and like he's not going to let anything get in that way. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe he's a. Uh Maybe his uh, mission has shifted a little bit. If something major happens in the show, will be, be that's the thing. I mean, we're going to get into a few more of these stills. Yeah. Some of them don't look so sandy. No, yeah, no, not uh, as such. But yeah, so that's that's something that I'm looking forward to. Do you think we're going to see a young 
young Luke in this show. Young Luke. Oh, I mean, there was like rumors that there was casting of kids. Like, yes, there ages was right? Ago, right? rumors of a young boy and girl being cast, and we and the whole we we exploded thinking it was Luke and Leia. I mean, yeah, no, so not guaranteed, but like, it feels like a missed opportunity to at least not have him in like like a, an off-screen type thing. Like, yeah, maybe I I I doubt they'll recast like as just like a kid. Like, this is Luke now, and he's like a main character in the show. And, yeah. Like, Oh, or something like that. But I feel like it was almost definitely shop in some point. Like, because you know, we already so. know that uh, Owen Lars and... Is yeah, he, no, yeah. Owen Brewer both coming back, They're both with, coming their, back. with their, you know, uh, established actors. So if Luke uh, just never shows up, that'd be a bit awkward. He's, he's like, just always oh, playing yeah, he's, in his he's, room. He's off at the Toshi station. He's, off with, uh, he's off with Biggs and, and Tag? Tag or Tank? Tag. I think it's Tag. Tag, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be cool to see them. I guess. Yeah, young, hey, I, I, I see Biggs. Would it be great if we saw a, like a, like a six year old Biggs, but he's still <laughs> yes, got the mustache? I was literally about to make the same joke. Yep, yep that'd be yep, awesome. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So that's the first shot that we get, and uh, then something that's kind of really intriguing to me is what looks to be a bunch of stormtroopers in a large hall, kind of temple-like mm. place. Now, what I think this alludes to is the fact that uh, obviously we've never seen this in the movies, but. Uh, you know, the Jedi Temple became the Imperial Palace. Right. right. So you think this is Coruscant? I think this is Coruscant. Okay, I okay, think this is yeah. the reformed Jedi Temple. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good opportunity because previously, of course, everything that was about the Empire and whatnot was filmed and created way before they had any idea what the Clone Wars or whatnot was. Exactly. And there were original ideas that Coruscant was potentially going to show up in Return of the Jedi, I think, but that never panned out. Uh, well, technically it shows up in Return of the Jedi, but in the, oh, in the special editions. Yeah. Yeah, you got me there. I'm just being a smart ass. Yeah, exactly. But... And so, because of that, we've never really had the op- <laughs> we never really had the opportunity to show Coruscant pr- post um, post Empire at all. I think that's true. No, we like, haven't. Not even like Rebels. No, we- you know the funny thing is that uh, in Colin Trevorrow's version of Rise of Skywalker be, or yeah. in Duel of the Fates, we would have gone back to a yep. a post Empire Coruscant, which would have been interesting. But no, yeah. the only thing was we've seen of Coruscant are uh, in the prequels. Exactly, so- and so in that sense, I think that's a great opportunity to like, yeah, because we're clearly getting Vader. Be that either Anik- is it Hayden Christensen uh, flashbacks or Force Ghosts or directly Vader. I feel like it's going to be 100 directly Vader is going to be in it. Absolutely. So in that yeah. case. Coruscant would be quite likely, I feel like. So, yeah, this could potentially be something on Coruscant. That's yeah. an interesting Well, that's idea. the thing. That's what I find fascinating is that, you know, obviously if they're doing concept art for something like mm. this, we're going to see this. We're going to see areas like this. Or at least things that are heavily inspired by, yeah. For sure. Uh, so do you think this could either be, like, do you think this is, like, something that we could see, like, Darth Vader walking around in? I would or think, do you think so. I mean, th- if there are stormtroopers there. Yeah. I mean, it could just be, like, some, like, Iron Mandalorian-style side mission. They go find, yeah. like, an Imperial well, exactly, because thing that they fight. But, like, I the feel like... The alternative is that Obi-Wan is going back to Coruscant. Yeah. And kind of, at one point, kind of infiltrates this palace for some I, reason. I don't know if this will be, like, that kind of show where it's, like, Obi-Wan going off doing things. I feel like this is going to be a lot more of one story combined. Personally, I feel like it's going to be one more story combined as opposed to, like individual stories that link up to one um and in which case uh i think it would make more sense that like the if we do see the imperials it's going to be like combined like one overarching story personally right in which case it feels like vader would probably be an or at least maybe an inquisitor or something i i and also the imperial presence on tatooine because it's not it's clearly not sandy but i mean it could be like an imperial presence i don't know if that would be the case because like they're on. Well, they, you know what? They that, arrive on Tatooine in A New Hope, but they yes. clearly don't have a presence there. Well, really. that leads us to our next still, uh, because yeah. the next piece of art that they show right after the uh, you know Coruscant-looking mm. uh, stormtrooper 
infiltrated area yeah. is an Inquisitor's ship landing on what looks to be a Tatooine setting. It kind of oh, looks like a Mos Eisley yeah. because it's got the domed roofs and stuff. Okay. Uh, Here's the question then. Yes. Are they looking for Obi-Wan or are they looking for someone else? Well, I think they might just be hunting Jedi. Because right, but- Deborah Chow, she, you know, because she talks over these, mm. she's a bit, just, you know, she says, oh, it's not a safe, it's not safe to be a Jedi right now. There's Jedi hunters out there. So they're either, yeah, looking, they're, probably, yep. they're probably just looking for Jedi in general. Ten or years laughter? Been, or they've been tasked by Darth Vader to try and find Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because I feel like, then again, I was, I was going to say Vader doesn't know that he's on there, but when Vader senses um, Obi-Wan and they meet again, it's on the Death Star. It's not on That's the Tatooine. Thing. You know what? It's going to be... We're, we're going to get into this. So we're going to get into this because like, that, that relates to some of the latest deals. Yeah, uh, so much of the plot, I feel like, is going to be like really reading into the lines and scenes of A New Hope and being like, well, what can we get away been, with? That's already been discussed. Is can we that, get away? We can get away with this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh God, I can't remember what it was. Um, uh, oh, right. I saw this unpacked in a YouTube video a little while ago is that uh, there's a moment in Return of the Jedi where... Okay, so sorry. Let's go back a little bit more. Yeah. In Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan fights Anakin, he's not trying to redeem him. No. Right? He's just trying to fight him and kind of kill him. Yeah. You know? Uh, so someone took that and then put it in conjunction with a line from Return of the Jedi where Darth Vader says, uh, after Luke says, come with me, you know, they're, so, they're still good in you, all that stuff. Mm. Uh, Obi-Wan, he says, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Right. You know? So it kind of alludes to the idea that, okay, so maybe there was a time a little bit later where Obi-Wan sort of shifted his thinking and tried to bring Anakin back, yeah. which would make I sense because, because yeah, when they are fighting, it's pretty much, he views him as dead. Like pretty much like he views him as like, you were supposed to save it. Like you were my brother, but, and then you were, uh, did he say? Yeah. Or look, he's, 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 he's on the offensive in that fight. It's, he's not, he's not trying he, to say yeah, he was sent there to kill him. Yes. Exactly. That, that, that's, yeah, that's pretty clear. And it connects to the fact that as Padme's dying, she says, you know, there's good in him. I know there's still mm. good in him, right? So it, it, you would you would imagine that Obi-Wan would kind of take that and kind of be like, okay, let's try to prove yeah. Padme right and try to bring this guy back. And then the confrontation that might take place b- between them in this show mm. will then lead and uh, will, then, will then lead Obi-Wan to the mentality that he has in the original trilogy, which is he's more machine now than man, exactly. twisted and evil, you know? Yeah, because he, he views... Luke's attempt to trying to save him is like futile. And, exactly. And I mean, the, that's what Yoda and Obi Wan are both trying to say. You must kill Darth him, Vader. Yeah, you know, him, and yeah. you know it's only because of Luke's uh, love for his father that that doesn't happen. Mm. Uh, so anyway, let's move on to uh, the fact that also uh, I know you haven't played Jedi Fallen Order. I've, I've seen things of it, but okay, no, I've yet to play it. Well, one of the main Inquisitors in that sh- in that uh, in that game is a character named Trilla. Yep. Right. She's one of the Inquisitors. Right. Uh, the Inquisitor that we're seeing in this photo. Triller and this Inquisitor that's been illustrated have the exact same mask. Really? So I'm okay. thinking that uh, we could see that character be tied over. There is slight variations from mask to mask. I don't know if there have like ever been two Inquisitors that are different but have the same mask. So I, I think you might be right there. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but also what I was thinking about is that, uh, God, what's her name from the Queen's, uh, from, uh, the Queen's Gambit? That, Anya Taylor-Joy? Uh, no. Uh, oh, the, um, the other one. Yeah, her, her friend. Is, her friend. We're stalling here, guys. We're live. We're live. Uh, Moses Ingram. Right, She's yeah. been cast in this show. Right? Yeah, uh, she was part of that think- cast release, okay. and there was that whole thing that she said on Instagram, where it was like, "I like, I play with lightsabers." Yeah. So it alluded to the fact that she was going to be potentially, yeah. uh, you know, an inquisitor or a lightsaber wielding character. But then I went back to that, and I thought, uh, again, you, you can kind of check it out for yourself based on how Trilla looks in Fallen Order. Right, yeah. The way that Trilla looks as a as a character and Moses Ingram, they actually casting? look they actually look kind of similar. Hang on, I'll bring yeah. up a photo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is just for us guys. Potential casting. We can't, yeah. um, you know, uh, bring it up. But uh, yeah, she kind of looks similar to her, and I was like, "Holy shit, is she playing Trilla?" Mm. Uh, so Same yeah, there she sister. is. 
See, yeah. so she could pull that off. She could probably do that. Yeah, yeah. She, I guess they, they kind of look similar. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to know whether they want to, because how how defined of a character is she in Fallen Order? Like, like her personality, her well, backstory, stuff like that. Well, she's pretty. She's pretty, you know, dead set evil. She hates Jedi people. So right, because you know, I know, feel she's... like I wonder whether. I mean, maybe they could bring her in or whether they might want to do their own characters so that they kind of, like, take it in their own direction as, like, a writer's. Sure. Because, yeah, like, actually, sometimes you know uh, this show already, like, Obi-Wan is such a heavily predefined character yeah. that I feel like the writers, if they are wanting to do something new and original, might not want to just, like, have everything already pre-existed that they yeah. have oh, to work with. Well, I think, maybe. The- I think my theory just got debunked because oh, yeah? she died in 14 BBY. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, well, so, you know, it yeah. might still be possible. Who knows? Because this might be set over it's an extended first time. It might be extended like over an extended period of years. Yeah, that's fair. And Who it wouldn't, wouldn't be the first time that they've retconned. Uh, well, I don't know if they've ever retconned a death. They've made characters seemingly die before they were supposed to. They stuff, did some but... sketchy stuff in the Bad Batch, didn't yeah. they? With uh, Orn Freitar Yeah, and uh, Depa Palaba. Yeah, right. But, they but, changed but, the circumstances of her death. Pretty much, yeah. But the, you know, it's it's not the, it's not impossible, but. I personally think they would go with new characters for pretty much everyone in this except Vader and Obi-Wan I mean, and Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru because yeah. I feel like if they want to do new stories, it's just much easier to do that with like new characters that way you're not tied to whether they die in something later, whether their backstories have been already introduced, yep. what their motivations are, whether they've already gone through an arc of something. So, you know, yeah, no, especially I guess how you know. Obi-Wan's already so defined. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that Ingrid Ber- – uh, that um is playing the Inquisitor. Yes, I think she's definitely going to be playing an Inquisitor of be some kind. real time. awkward if she isn't. Yeah. So uh, we've, we've, like, pretty much any time we've mentioned the casting, we're like, okay, so she's the Inquisitor, he's the, the, this person. Yeah. Be, like, very awkward. We're just like, no, 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 she's playing, like, Obi-Wan's best friend who runs the store. Or yeah, well, that, that's the thing. We have no context whatsoever, so for all we know, it be could nice be. nice if they gave us a trailer so we could determine context. But, exactly. Yeah. Now, we get a couple more stills here. Uh, yeah. One of them is kind of like an urban, uh, you know, planet setting and stuff like that. It doesn't really scream a... You know, a planet that we've seen before. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't have the um, same architectural style of like uh, of like anything on Tatooine. No, but, uh, so but I... the interesting thing is that the next one, uh, it kind of looks like the Coruscant underworld, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It kind of looks like the underworld of Coruscant. Um, yeah, I reckon I agree with that. Which it's is kind which of is... neon y in vibe and Yeah, it's kind of got that sort of uh, cyberpunk cyberpunk aesthetic. Blade Runner kind of <laughs> yeah. feel to it, which is you know, what the Coruscant Underworld kind of gave Basically, off in the yeah, Clone exactly. Wars and that small part in Attack of the Clones where you got to yeah. see it. Uh, so that just kind of leads me more into that idea that maybe Obi-Wan's going to go back to Coruscant because we've seen what very looks a lot yeah. like the Jedi Temple and we've seen what looks like the, the Coruscant Underworld. Oh, so what, what I mean, again, purely speculation here. What reason would he have to go back to Coruscant? I do not know. his mission is clearly looking after Luke. Unless he feels some threat towards Luke is on Coruscant that he needs to seek out and destroy. Yeah. I can't think of a reason. That would be really interesting to see if the show does go in that direction. What, what would happen? Have you sort of come to terms with the idea that Obi-Wan's going to leave Tatooine? Yeah, I reckon. It's, it's either you have that or you have a show that's purely set on Tatooine and... You'd have to be very creative to come up with some new stories and whatnot it, exactly. on Tatooine, which is the most lo- like common location in all Star Wars stories ever. Yeah, like- but, it, 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 but that, there's there's that. But the, the also the problem would be, you know, as far as visual storytelling goes, mm. a planet that's made up of nothing but sand. Yeah, it's not very aesthetically interesting. I mean, like half of Phantom Menace is on Tatooine, isn't it? Well, that's what I would say that Phantom, I would <laughs> say that, that a big Menace. part of Phantom Menace is not very aesthetically interesting. It's yeah. only when you go to Naboo and you see Naboo's those like, sort of the lush settings yeah. and stuff like that that it really starts to you know visually yeah. catch your eye. Mm. Uh, 
So I can understand why they feel the need to take it off uh, Tatooine. Even in Mandalorian, you know, the reason that Mandalorian works so well is because you get all those nice new settings. You get yeah. you get Tatooine, but you also get uh, the the snowy landscapes of Maldo Crease and uh, yeah, you know, uh, trust. It can kind of work for like planet. one episode, exactly. But like a whole movie that's only set on Tatooine and especially if he was being like kind of accurate that he's like mostly staying around where Luke is yeah that's gonna make it pretty pretty tiring pretty quick you know yeah so uh, yeah who knows Um, now another thing that we've got here is another still and it looks very similar to kind of like a rebel base Uh, you've got the um, rebels the the Hoth because this is 10 the the, the air speeders right so you said um, we we assume it's around 9 BBY yeah yeah. So if we yeah, do we'll get be. Rebellion, they'd be pretty early days. Pretty like early there, days. there have been rebel cells that have been around since pretty much straight after the Empire yeah. started, but no real organization until like a couple of years before Battle of Yavin. So maybe there's like an individual rebel cell that Obi-Wan interacts with. In fact, maybe. I feel like if anyone he would interact with, it would probably be Bail Organa. Yes, that's true, because Bail knows he's alive. He knows he's alive. Yeah. That's pretty much Bail and then I guess, um, what's her name? Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. They're she, like, she probably finds out later. Yeah, that's about it. Like, I mean, you know, in Rogue One, she says, your friend, yeah, well, the Jedi. She, you know, so she knows. So she's aware know. that he's been in contact with him. Yeah, you know? but I feel like that's just more like a thing that Baze, not Baze, uh, Bale has been telling her about like as a secret weapon at the last resort or something and not exactly like, oh, yeah, we met him that one time. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, actually, that's a really good point. You know, he'd probably have some kind of, some kind of correspondence with Bale Organa because like if that was to be anyone, it would probably yeah, be him. Because yeah, because Bale Organa and Mon Mothma become kind of like the, the most, um, you know, torrent people who uh, speak out against the emperor in the imperial senate at that yes. time i know because this is because we've had rebels where they both show up mon mothma at this time would have still been a very vocal senator but not like been ostracized or like a, not been a outed no. as like a as a number one most no that happens in, in what, the galaxy like, that happens in what like season three of rebels yeah. i always so, forget there's so much a funny idea that mon mothma becomes the number one most wanted person in the galaxy like, yeah and she's a, and she's so like a funny idea of mon mothma being this, this this like nice red-headed yeah. woman who's like really nice and sweet becoming the most you yeah. know dangerous criminal like, i feel in the like galaxy. it would make sense to like something like han solo or something even though he's nowhere near that important but like just mon mothma just like yeah not han solo not the negotiations like it's not just, not any like of those really wretched Bounty hunters that no. work for Jabba the Hutt, nothing, no. nothing. I mean, hey, it's pol- political uh, whatnot. It's much more important. The Empire doesn't care about crime. That's much more important than uh, they much more care about rebellions. That's true, yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know, it looks as though uh, we're going to have some kind of interaction with uh, a rebel alliance of some kind, you mm. know, a rebel cell, what have yeah. you, or something like that. But let's get into the really nitty-gritty stills, Michael. The Vader. Uh, what looks to be our old pal Darth Vader, uh, chilling in what I'm assuming is his Mustafar castle. Do you think uh, we're going to get Palps? We're going to get Palps again? Oh, maybe. I'm not sure. So. You know, be I mean, because uh, uh, Darth Vader, because this is more like legends. I'm not sure how much of this is canon, but, you know, uh, the Emperor kind of gave Mustafar as a planet to Darth Vader to kind of has to kind of have as his kind of personal solitude. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so I'm not sure how much um, I know interaction they, they he would have with him. In canon, they do mention he resides a lot. There. I mean, built a castle there. There's like he's got. I mean, you see Rogue there. One. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it, even if he didn't, it didn't give in to him. It's like he's clearly spends a lot of time there to build his dark side, like his hate and pain. I think yeah. that's the main reason he does it there because it's like his tragedy was like he was burned alive there. That pretty much leads him to the dark side. More yeah. Anything, so, uh, so uh, yeah. So essentially, over these stills, you get uh, both Ewan and uh, Deborah Chow. Ewan says the most beautiful thing of it all is that it's brought me back together with Hayden, which just it just it just I love how it, the, it warms my soul to hear that the reception of the uh, prequels, not necessarily in their quality, but in like the the love and appreciation for that era 
of the movies oh, yeah. has completely shifted, and I'm all for it. Like fine wine. Yeah, exactly. The prequels are aging like fine wine. Well, uh, the prequels are aging like, uh, like, like a bit of stinky cheese, you know? Like, they're not... There's bits of it that aren't good, but like uh, I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor. But you know, it, it's still tasty. Yeah, like well, blue cheese. Uh, yeah, exactly. It gets a bit moldy in spots, but it's going to be a nice treat anyway. But it's better than when it started. <laughs> sure, I guess. I don't know where we're going with this analogy. I'll think of a different one. Later yeah, and we'll edit it in both. The sequels though are aging like milk. So. <laughs> uh, no. The, the sequels as an experience aging like milk. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, again, how does this always divulge into our, us talking about sequels? But I think it's like, yeah, the general reception, especially the, the notion of like, were they necessary? I think over time is starting to get a bit less and less, even if, you know, not everyone hates all the films. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll have some more discussion about that at a later date. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, let's get back to Vader. Um, so Deborah Chow also says we couldn't tell, we could not, we couldn't not tell this story. Uh Wait, was that right? Without, no, we, yeah, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't tell this story. I know how to speak words. Uh, we couldn't tell this story without uh, Hayden Christensen and Darth Vader. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing because we definitely know that, that Darth Vader is looking for Obi-Wan at this time. I mean, their destinies the are so intertwined. Like o- Obi-Wan was the one who basically, well, no, not created Vader, but created Vader as we know him. Like, yes. Just like they were at the battle. And then Vader was the one who killed Obi-Wan. So they pretty much like are the creators and destroyers of each other. Yeah. The masters are like it. Their destinies are so intertwined that a story with Obi-Wan without Anakin in some form would yeah. feel wrong. Feel, like, have we ever gotten a story with Obi-Wan that didn't feature Anakin or Vader in some form? Not really. I mean, we've got like maybe individual Clone Wars episodes. In Clone Wars, we got episodes that were um, yeah. Anakin and not Obi-Wan. No, uh, we got but, some with like but, but him really helping o- uh, but, like Mandalorians and whatnot. But, but really, like, Obi Wan and not Anakin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's that. Yes, you're right. There's that episode on Mandalore hmm. uh, where it's it's uh, Duchess Satine's first episode. Yeah. yeah stuff where like, where like, a pre- individual Prefazor makes his first appearance. But in terms of like the grand like major parts for his character, actually, I feel like in, if you include Clone Wars, that is quite major for his character. But like set aside, they're like so intertwined that it wouldn't really make sense to tell such an important like story about Obi Wan without having Vader be like a looming figure in his you know, either his past or his future. So. Yeah, uh, and that's another kind of like grey area that they can work into as far as the dialogue in A New Hope because there's a there's that moment where Darth Vader says, you know, I sense something. Your presence I've not felt since, mm. and he doesn't he, he doesn't <laughs> not said since nine years ago. <laughs> it would have been funny if he was just like a presence I've not felt since. The Obi Wan Kenobi series. Obi Wan Kenobi Plus. series. <laughs> it's, it's just streaming now on Disney Plus. I, actually, all right, all right. The, the, the presence I've not felt since, and yeah. the Imperial officer goes, "Since when, sir?" And he's like, yeah. "You'll have to wait fifty years to yes. find out." No, no, no. You know how they are? They keep doing edits of um, A New Hope and whatnot, like McClunky yes. and whatnot. Next edit when Obi Wan Kenobi series drops, <laughs> I'm hundred percent down for them to edit over A New Hope. Him say, "A presence I have not felt since Obi Wan Kenobi series streaming now on Disney Plus." <laughs> Look to the camera. That's what I want. Absolutely. 100%. I would be down for that. That's Why the new not? change. Yeah. I'm hoping that this is laughter, the soundbite I'm about to play. Yeah, let's go. Oh, that, that, that's applause. I meant to do laughter, but it still works. Let's go. Yeah. It still works. Uh, so anyway, that is, that's that. Mm. Uh, so yeah, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are definitely going to meet, especially okay. based if on If they the- don't, that'd be real awkward. Just like, they're both in the shows at like major points, but just never cross. Oh, what's, I'm trying to think of like an example of something where like, they're both like major characters in the show and they're like storyline are pretty much like intertwined like they're both dealing with the same threats but they just never meet at any point like like uh like, like 
and Anakin and General Grievous in the Clone Wars. Yes, How exactly. Just they just never meet, even though they're in so many stories together. Like every character in a movie, like Infinity War. Yeah. Like, you know, they're all fighting for the same thing, but they never, you know, like, cross paths. That'd be quite funny, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically what we're getting now is debunking the idea that they're not going to meet because the next deal is them in a lightsaber fight. Okay, you're there, you're yeah. Uh, again, this kind of brings it back to, you know, uh, you also get to hear Ewan McGregor say, well, we'll get to have another swing at each other, you yeah, know, and yeah, he, we, yeah. see some, um, we see some sword training. Uh, with uh, Ewan looking jacked, by the way, <laughs> just like uh, ripped with his sick tattoos. Mm. Uh, so he's clearly fighting and training for uh, a a lightsaber based set piece that we're going to see. Some old man combat, whether it be <laughs> through one of these Inquisitors or, or with Darth Vader. It's like an entire trope in like movies or whatnot recently of old man does like major fight scenes, but is old. So it's like it's like basically Logan things like that. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's like a whole trope. Of, and uh, Logan, I guess, like John Wick, kind of. Uh, what's another example? I don't know. There's like a whole like genre of that, like old men, but they're like still competent. So it's like, quite funny. Yeah. Uh, so this still kind of uh, you can't really tell where it is because the entire place looks like it's on fire. Uh, but that kind of begs the question: Does that mean we're going back to Mustafar? Or you know, it doesn't necessarily. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't yeah. have to be Mustafar because it's on fire. I mean, there are other lava planets on fire, but. I feel like if you did do something like that and it's just not most of it, I'd be like, why is this even here? Like, yeah. either you're doing it like this and it's clear, like, this is clearly. This is very clearly a reference to the Mustafar fight. Yes. Maybe it's like more of an idea thing. Like maybe they're fighting in spirit and like when they imagine their fights, that just always goes back to their battle in Mustafar because that's like their most important Well, that's battle. the thing that I was talking about earlier on when I was thinking, how could you have them meet but not meet? Yeah. And I was thinking about this idea that you could kind of have uh, have them kind of do a similar thing that Luke did in Last Jedi. Mm. Uh, it, it wouldn't mean that you would have to... Uh, you know, just reference the last Jedi, which people would be kind How of unhappy with. Dare they mention this film exists? But if they were to have like some, some kind of metaphysical fight where they where they fight mm. as they're like they're, their psyches intertwine, <laughs> they, they both just force project to Mustafa and pretend to like fight because they just go through each other. Yeah, exactly. I I honestly don't know how it could work. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we definitely know that they're going to have some confrontation of some kind, which I'm not against. I just I I I think it's like great that we're going to be seeing Vader as Vader. <laughs> I feel like it would be such a missed opportunity if we didn't get some flashback to Clone Wars era, like Hayden Christensen and Obi Wan. Like that would be such a cool. Yeah, surely we're going to see some see of it. Clone Wars again, especially like now having had the Clone Wars TV series and getting those actors. This back, that, that would be such a I cool think we're absolutely going to see flashbacks. We're absolutely yeah. going to see I flashbacks, really so. which means we're probably going to see both Ewan and Hayden in their Clone Wars garbs. Be cool to see Rex as well. That'd be fun. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. You know. uh, that might Has he relate- been confirmed for anything? That Well, that might relate to a, uh, a later yeah. conversation we're about to have. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so those are the stills in their entirety, I believe. Uh, so again, not a full, not a full trailer. I get it. It would have been loved, lovely to have a trailer. We'd have more to talk about, but like- Still, this is getting us very excited for the show that we've already pretty much been at the top of our excitement list. So. Yeah, pretty much. Except for Andor. We're all very excited for Andor and whatever that will be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that uh, before we go, we should just get Obi-Wan's opinion on it. Right, Michael? Just oh, yeah. like, so, uh, Obi-Wan, what do you <laughs> what, think? What's your opinion? Hello there. Thank, thank you. Fascinating. Uh, anything else you want to say? Hello there. There you go. Still okay. not an opinion. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's get on to our next story. Yep. Uh, so basically what we're going to talk about now is another sequel. Uh, sorry, not sequel. Uh, series is what mm. I meant to say. Future uh, Disney Plus Star Wars television experience. Yes. And that is Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yes. Ahsoka Tano's limited favorite, series. Our second most anticipated show. Yeah. It's there in there. It's yeah. there in there for me. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, that, that, so that's very good. And more news, you say? Yes. Because we've been receiving like 
various casting rumors and then confirmations and rumor confirmations for the past couple of uh, months now. But this is this is another big one. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, guys. So our next bit of news is regarding the Ahsoka series. Uh, yeah, probably our second, you know, second most anticipated show next to Kenobi. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's a little bit of news and a quote related to its production, actually. Mm. Uh, but anyway, we have an official casting for Sabine Wren. Yes, uh, who is probably the major character out of the three that have, of the two that have already been cast. Like the other one, we're like speculating who's it going to be. Was probably going to be the Sabine Wren casting. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, this conversation is going to be very, is going to be you know mostly about Star Wars Rebels. So if you haven't seen that show, you might not have a bit of context. You can just skip forward. There are time codes in the description. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Natasha Liu Bodizio, and I apologize if I'm not saying that name right. I I can't say I've actually seen anything that this actress yeah, has been I in. Briefly searched up beforehand as well. I don't think I've seen. Yeah, anything she's, she's Australian though, which is that's, hey, that's kind of cool. Represents homegrown uh, representative in the Star Wars added, universe. Added to the Austra- list of Australian characters in Star Wars with the Klieg. Klieg Lars. Um, uh, the, 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 the entire production of the prequels. Yeah, well, I was about to say, like, the cut, there's a, the cut uh, senator from that one scene. Yeah, an, an um, Aboriginal Australian who was in Star Wars but got cut out. Are there, there's probably, like, a major person we're not thinking yeah. of. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, we're not going to talk about the actual casting itself as much as we are going to go talk, going to talk about what it means for the show itself, right. as well as reading uh, the quote from Dave Filoni in regards to the Ahsoka the, uh, series God itself. Star Wars himself. Yes, exactly. Uh, the much-beloved Dave Filoni, the, definitely, I think, to be the greatest creative voice in Lucasfilm right now. Uh, so basically yeah, yeah. he said in regards to the production of the show, the fact that we're getting to tell more stories with Ahsoka in live action, he says, mm-hmm. it's thrilling, i got to tell you. It's something you imagine doing for a long time. And then it's kind of startling when you're sitting there and now you have to do it. And thought of this, I have thought of this adventure for Ahsoka for a long time and it's interesting to see how it's evolved. Years ago, I would never have imagined that it was sprung from a branch of a tree that had anything to do with a guy like Din Djarin or a child that looks like Yoda. It's a great lesson for me on how when you have other creatives like John Favreau, they can help lend such dimension and depth to what you're doing. Uh, he's just full of wisdom, this guy. I love him to bits. That is such an interesting idea, though. Like that, he like it's a story he wants to tell about Ahsoka, but it's had so many things along the way. Like Ahsoka was a character introduced from the t- like well, from the movie, but like the TV show, yeah. the Clone Wars, who has then been introduced to other characters through. Star Wars Rebels, who will be brought into this, yep. and then reintroduced pretty much as this version of her that we're aware of in, like, The Mandalorian. Like, she's gone a long way to, like, get to this point. Like, it'd be, like, strange if you were, came in, like, first thing ever watching Star Wars be, like, Ahsoka, you'd be like, okay, so there's a lot of backstory here I'm missing. But, That's true, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's 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 interesting, you know? I mean, like, uh, well, I mean, let's get into kind of the, the this as well as what it means for Sabine. Yeah. So uh, the fact that Sabine's coming along in this show, it's pretty clear. Well, this, is the, this is the search for Ezra. In the same way that Rebels kept uh, uh, Rebels kept like kind of tying off a number of like Clone Wars. Actually, I guess Bad Batch as well, but like tying off a bunch of Clone Wars arcs that weren't quite finished. This is very clearly like cl- tying off the Rebels arcs that weren't finished. So. Yes, exactly. It's, yeah. it's the it's the cliffhanger that we were left on when that show ended. Mm. Uh, it's Ahsoka's journey to find both Thrawn and Ezra, which was also set up in Mandalorian yep. when she's fighting the Magistrate on that planet. Where's Thrawn? Yeah, exactly. Where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? So uh, that's interesting. So obviously uh, Sabine and Ahsoka are kind of looking for her or maybe Ahsoka's on this kind of trip by herself mm. and now that she's got this information whatever the magistrate told her in the Mandalorian because we didn't see that conversation take place uh, maybe she'll go back to wherever Sabine is was, is hanging out and uh, enlist her help in finding him an interesting thing about that is that the idea that if Sabine is still around she is a Mandalorian and she's very much tied to like the Mandalorian arcs that have been in the past like with the um, what's uh, 
from who was in the Mandalorian? What's her name? Oh, uh, Din Djarin or no, no, oh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Like, yes. So, so, um, and I, I've always assumed. I mean, I, it, I feel like the direction that the Mandalorian has been going is that we're going to be learning more about the backstory of what's been happening on, on Mandalore, like the purge, and and now that we have the dark sabers back into the fold of it. How Bo-Katan it's all kind of setting that up. Isn't it? It. And, but if um, if Sabine's here, it's like. Is she going to be more going into like the Ezra side of the story? Does she is she going to be brought back in the Mandalorian for what's been happening in Mandalore? Or is that going to be a disconnected thing? I wonder. It could be in both. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, you she know. did decide to give up the dark saber to both. That's the thing. She's wielded so the dark saber. She's kind saber. of out. Maybe she's more. She's wielded the dark saber for a while. Yeah, as invested at, in the fight of for Mandalore as someone like Bo-Katan does. Yeah, I mean, based on the stuff that was happening in towards the end of the second season of Mandalorian, they're definitely setting up that the third season of that show is going to have a lot to do with the with the yeah, legacy of Mandalore, so, yeah. kind of getting that planet back yeah. uh, and stuff like that. Because the entire reason that Bo-Katan agrees to help Din Djarin get back Grogu at the end of that show is because of the fact that um, Din Djarin promises to, in return, help yep. her retake Mandalore. Exactly. So that's most likely what season three is going to be about. Did, and it did would give Moff a lot. Gideon die? No, Moff Gideon didn't die. Is he just captured? A, a prisoner, I assume, Something yeah. Because like okay. uh, uh, Cara Dune knocks him the shit out. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, and he's basically just unconscious for the entire the time that, that Luke is there. <laughs> yeah. You don't really think about that, do you? While it's that conversation just, is just going on, yeah. Din, uh, uh, Moff Gideon just Got on the floor. In the Unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's definitely what season three of Mandalorian is going to be about, or at least I think so. I think and so, And because yeah. uh, you're right, Sabine's lineage has so much to do with that part of uh, the Star Wars lore that I think mm. it would be a really missed opportunity if she didn't show up. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I guess we don't know whether... Was the assumption always going to be that this was like concurrent with the next season of The Mandalorian, or this is going to be beforehand or after? Like, wonder what. From what I can there. tell, it's going to be set very soon after what we saw of Ahsoka in that show. Right, because I feel like when we, they were first announced, we were kind of under the assumption that this Mandalorian three and Rangers of the New Republic were going to be like all like around the same time, all linking into each other, <laughs> kind of CW uh, Arrowverse style. Oh yeah, <laughs> which would be. I, I hope not. Um, but have I you mean, watched those shows? Yes. Uh, enough of them to have an opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I still watch them. Oh, that's a hot take. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's 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 kind of like it's kind of like uh, a Stockholm syndrome. I've kind of <laughs> fallen in love with my prisoner. Yeah, they're okay. not they're, they they're really really rough, but I'm mm. invested. I've been invested for like five years You're now. Too deep in, so I it's just I, I, I'm in until yeah, it's, I'm in until bust. Right, but I say um, but uh, I guess we'll talk about that later. But. Rangers of the New Republic doesn't look like it's happening now. Um, so no, I, we're going to get into that in a minute because it relates to the yeah. it relates to our last news story that but, we're going to um, talk about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's how it could tie into the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, the, the good thing is that Sabine's character has an opportunity for those kinds of stories, both with uh, regards to Mandalorian yeah. as well as her more personal journey of the relationship she has with Ezra. I guess it's the idea of her past and her future because like she's still got these loose ends she needs to tie up with like Ezra and then like her her past with the Rebel, but the um, with the uh, Phoenix Squadron. But also her future as a Mandalorian and like the direction of like bringing, trying to like bring Mandalorian into the new age and where we see how it's been after all these years. Like, yeah, I guess it would be interesting to see the dynamic between them. It definitely would. Like uh, her loyalty to the rebellion and her family, or to her culture and the Mandalore. That's so, true yeah. uh, because Ahsoka kind of deals with one, and Mandalorian kind of deals with the other. Yeah. Uh, but so this journey to find Ezra, because you know, in Rebels, it never went fully into it but it's kind of it was kind of always alluded to kind of like maybe a romantic thing between Ezra and Sabine oh yeah I mean it's kind of like a, he's like a kid and he's just kind of like interested in this girl but like towards well, the I end I believe they're I around like, the same age are they? I think she's just a couple of years old hang on I'm gonna check uh, keep talking yeah I think I think he's 
gosh, how old is he supposed to be? I'm going to find out because he was born on Empire Day. He was. You know, so, so he was born on during the events of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, so which, be... and it's about three years BBY, isn't it? Yeah. So, so he's about 16, isn't he? So uh, let's see. I, I always now. assumed he was, she was like two years older than him. She is. She is two years older than him. Yeah. She's born 21 BBY. Right. So yeah. uh, she is two years older than him. So there's not much of a difference. No, but like, I, so I, yeah, they were kind of building up a potential romantic interest. I feel like, I don't know if she was ever interested. It was more just kind of like a him thing. I don't know if later episodes they had anything. It became more mutual, especially in the last episode, because there's a moment where Ezra kind of goes off to do his thing and Sabine and him kind of have like this kind yeah. of unspoken thing. Between I've only them. ever seen the final episodes of Re- Rebels once. So I, yeah, I don't remember okay. too I much. think I've seen it twice. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I watched it, like, ages after it came out. It was, like, quite a delay for me. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I, I'm happy they're just picking up this end because it, uh, to a certain extent, I really like Rebels, but it did kind of feel like it ended all of a sudden, especially the final episodes of the final season. Like Yeah, I guess so. Like, Thrawn was brought into it, but then, like, it's like, oh, and he's gone. Um, I, I, liked, I liked how they tied up. Kanan's arc. I think his arc was like purely perfectly handled. It's fantastic. Like, didn't need to be any longer. Didn't need to be, like it was. It was well done. And I like how Re- Hera's got a future in the rebellion. But yeah, it did always kind of feel like because that was a, a loose end that it was never tied off. Like Ezra, he's off. Um, Ahsoka was brought back. Like the world between worlds, we don't really still have. I don't know if that's ever showed up since that's appeared. It hasn't. So. Yeah, it's it did kind of feel like a bit of a sudden end that we like has always ha- has not been properly and satisfyingly resolved yet. So I'm glad that we are seeing or potentially seeing a lot of that brought into the Ahsoka series, which I mean makes sense because she was such a major part of that story as well. Absolutely. Uh, so Sabine is showing up in the Ahsoka series. Mm. Is there a chance that we could possibly see a Vanessa Marshall playing Hera in live oh, action? That'd be good because that would be awesome. I feel like that's not as like that's like. Uh, Sabine, if, once they announced like Thrawn and Ezra, Sabine was always going to be there. Yeah, Hera, I don't know if it's a hundred percent. Like maybe potentially a cameo because she, she's kind what's, of what's she off doing at the he, moment? Her, so she's been in the rebellion. So yes. I mean, at the end of the show, we see that um, she's got a kid and um, Jason. Yeah, 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 but she's she's shown up a number of times in different things towards the rebellion. Like in Rogue One, she's mentioned. Um, there's a couple of stories um, saying that she's in the Battle of the Death Star in yeah, the Battle she's, of uh, uh, Endor. And she's in, uh, she's in Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah, and that's the reason that I'd love to is see that, is that post Endor. Uh, that takes place, I believe, between episodes four and five. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I could be wrong, but so correct, so she's correct clearly, me in the comments. So she's been clearly very involved in the Empire. Uh, sorry, even the, the Empire, in the rebellion. <laughs> in the rebellion. However, the rebellion's transition to the New Republic. So I guess yes. we have no idea, unless that I can think of, of where she would be post-Empire in the new uh, Mandalorian era. I guess that's what we're calling it now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'd love to see her back, you know, because she's she, she's she's like a mother to Ezra. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is kind of awesome. And they're, they're a family. Yeah, they are. They are a family. Uh, and the good thing about the fact that we could possibly see Vanessa Marshall back as uh, Hera is that, you know, she's played her uh, literally because she did the motion capture for Star Wars Squadrons, mm. and she looks great in that, yeah. show, in that, in that, if there's in that a, game. If there's pretty much any made, like, we were, we've done this a number of times, but speculating which voiced characters could come back as their characters. I mean, always, Lars Mikkelsen was always going to be the top, but, like, yeah, Hera would 100% work. Yeah, because we're, 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 we're quite sure that we've got Mena Masood as Ezra, from uh, Mena Masood from mm. Aladdin as, as Ezra. Uh, <laughs> he played it, yeah. Yeah, Natasha Liu Benito as Sabine Wren, and uh, I'd love to see... Uh, yeah, Vanessa back as as Hera. Could we see Zeb? I was. About, oh, could we, could that, we see Zeb? That would be good. That would that would be good. Um, uh, what's his what's the actor? Chopper? Surely. Who's the actor's name for Zeb? For uh, Zeb. Oh, uh, he's a well-known voice actor. He is. Like, I've uh, keep talking. I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. but get, get it up. 
tied to that, how great would it be in like some sort of flashback or Voskos or something? Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> I don't know why I find it so funny. Maybe, Freddie Prince Jr. back as Kanan? Yeah, maybe maybe it's just because he voiced like Steve, Steve Bloom. Steve Bloom, yeah, yeah. Steve Bloom. He'd, very popular he'd, voice actor. He'd be very great to come back. He'd be good to come back. But uh, how funny? Just I don't know about Freddie Prince Jr. Maybe it was just from Bad Batch, like seeing him voice the young version. A forty-year-old person. Uh, yeah, yeah, voicing like teenager. Something about it is so funny. That was so funny when I heard it. I'm like, they didn't do, they didn't alter his voice at all. Nothing. <laughs> I found better edits of that on YouTube, made, and it was better because of it. <laughs> it was. Uh, so basically, that's that's basically what we're talking about as far as yeah. uh, Soka goes. Like uh, news of casting has been done a number of times, but yeah. the the potential story ramifications of what this means of this character being cast is very exciting for what yeah. we're... Yeah, like Especially because I'm a massive fan of Rebels and the characters that are introduced. So yeah, the fact I, that we're going to see them in live action is very exciting. The more I look back on Rebels, the more I do remember uh, like remember so fondly like that era that... That, that era of Star Wars in general, but, like, those characters and that, that thing. Like, yeah, not every episode's perfect, but that show no, just... No, it's pretty rough early on. But yeah, that show's just... It, I, I feel like that was such a really interesting perspective of Star Wars and, like, the idea of this family of a rebellion. Like, I really want to see these characters more. And, like, yeah, no, so I really, really, really enjoy... Uh, a lot of Rebels. It's mm. not a better show than Clone Wars, but uh, I think it's a great show. It has a lot of potential. Hot mean, take. I think the first season of Rebels is more consistent than the first season of Clone Wars, but... You know what? I'd agree. I'd <laughs> yeah. almost agree. Uh, I think they have... this. Uh, I, so I, I, some rough episodes in season one of Clone Wars. It's kind of like Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, yeah. the shows. I put them there and there as far as how much... as how as how good mm. Clone Wars season one and Rebel season one are. Yeah. Uh, I think it's easy to like Clone Wars because they're established characters. They were already established yeah. characters. In, in Rebels, these were completely new people. Uh, you know, and a lot of people didn't like the animation style. Uh, yeah, which got which got easier to to swallow a little a bit later on. A lot of people don't like the animation style of season one of Rebels, but the animation style is around Clone Wars, but it's just janky and choppy, and they just weren't ready yet. Like, I actually watched the Clone Wars movie recently. Oh, the Clone Wars movie because that's basically just like the pilot for the show, and it's the probably the animation wise is the, the worst of them. So bad, oh, that it's movie. Real bad. It's really bad. Obi Wan's face and all expressions. <laughs> there's a moment. Like. There's, there's a moment where he uh, talks to Yoda, mm. and then turns around and starts walking away. There's a part where he goes, well, "If I'm to make yep. a deal with Jabba the Hutt, I best be on my way," or something like that. Right? Yep. He turns. It's so robotic the way he moves. It's 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 honestly it's oh, honestly incredible. Amazing. He turns to Yoda and goes, "Hello there." Yes, well, uh, we should do a watch of that sometime and just like I mean, want to be fun to rewatch that film with like Rodda. That'd heart be true. All of that, but, yeah, uh, stinky. Yeah, or, yeah, that's his nickname. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, but just like to point out all the animation things, that'd be a fun little watch. It would be. Mm. Uh, okay, so is there anything? I, you, oh, anything else you wanted to say as far as the Ahsoka news? I think we covered it pretty thoroughly. I mean, yeah. there'll be more as, as more news and more comes out, and as we get more anticipated for the show. But overall, it's. Well, would you want to see Tamara Morrison as a live-action Captain Rex? That's a good question. I would lose my mind to see that. It would be exciting. I Because Rex is so tied to Ahsoka's story. Right, but also Rex is such a predefined character. Like, I feel like Tamara Morrison coming back as Boba Fett works. Because Boba Fett, we haven't really explored much of the character before. And really, when we have, it's either him as a kid or Tamara Morrison's already played him. But Rex has got such a massively defined character and past and history to him. That I'm not saying Tim Morrison can't do it, but he would like he he couldn't just play the clones that he would have played when he did the original um, the uh, the prequel trilogy because like they're all they don't really have a personality or characters in that they're just the clones like he would like they would have to put effort ex, extra effort into making like sure he actually can play the 
Rex character and not just another clone. But so I think it would be great. But I feel like it, it'd be it'd be a, a a real hit and miss. Like that that could pretty easily like not have not work as well in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I agree. All right. So- also, especially how tied um how how so many people are like super set on the character that appears in Return of the Jedi being Rex. Be real awkward if it's just like a couple of years later, suddenly it's Timmy Morrison. Again. Yeah, that's true. Okay, guys, today we're gonna now we're gonna get into our last uh, story. We're gonna get into our last story that we're gonna because it, it's probably gonna open up some pretty you know mm. juicy discussion. Yes, this is probably gonna be the major discussion part of this episode. Yes, I think. Uh, Rogue Squadron, mm. Patty Jenkins fighter pilot movie that was, uh, I believe, announced at last year's Star Wars Investors Day yeah. as part of that massive yeah. announcement that we got where Ahsoka like was, was first ago. announced yeah. and Andor and... Uh, Wait, Ahsoka was first announced there? Ahsoka was first announced there, yeah. Wow, it feels like they announced Ahsoka ages and, uh, ago. Rogue Squadron and uh, Rangers of the New Republic. We got yeah. a little bit more news on Obi-Wan and mm. stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so... Uh, that was pretty the big Star Wars news thing where they just dropped everything that was potentially coming in the... Sorry, well, well, that was supposed to be when everything was certainly coming in the future. Retroactively, say potentially coming because yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. We're getting into that now. Uh, a little. While, uh, I think it was about two to three weeks ago. Uh, it was said that the movie was going to be delayed yeah. because of the fact that there were scheduling conflicts with Patty Jenkins, the director. Mm. Uh, Patty Jenkins is known for directing uh, Wonder Woman one and two, as well as Monster with Charlie Theron. Uh, yeah. So that smelt like. Uh, that that's it's just that that's it feels like whiplash. Of, that stunk of so deceit whiplash. for me uh, well, it, as it, soon as I heard it because it feels exactly like oh yes, uh, uh, Lord and Miller are leaving because of creative decisions. You know, we just feel like it's a different direct. Like it's just it's just um, flashbacks to like 2017, 2018 around about um, yeah. You know, Star well, actually probably that's the thing. What, that. what we're talking about now, it wasn't like fully set and so when that part came out. Oh, okay, it was like right. it was uh there was creative differences. Right so not creative differences, so uh, just scheduling, scheduling conflicts, conflicts. Because uh yeah Patty Sorry, Jen- I'm getting ahead of time. Patty yeah. Jenkins wasn't able to kind of like time out some of the other films that she was doing and stuff. Oh, and that's okay. why it sounded like bullshit to me. Yeah. You know, Patty Jenkins is a very successful, very intelligent woman. You don't think that she'd be able to fully, you know, space out her time as a woman in that industry to to do her job right, in the best yeah. way. Especially because of how clearly passionate passionate she was to tell this story. Because she did yeah. that she did that kind of promotional video when the movie was first announced about the fact Plus, that her, her dad, her father was a, a fighter pilot. You feel like this would be a priority as well because this is like the next Star Wars film that Absolutely. was going to be released. So, so the fact that they had scheduling conflicts with a massive director like Patty yeah. Jenkins uh, just felt, smelt a bit fishy to me. Mm. And then, wouldn't you know it, about a week and a half later, it we find out that Rogue Squadron has been indefinitely delayed, which yeah. translates to it's, it's not, not happening. happening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there is a there is a quote directed to uh, this in regards to Patty Jenkins and her kind of possible altercations with Kathleen Kennedy. Right. It goes, uh, the real culprit was the dreaded creative differences. Specifically, Jenkins couldn't agree on the script with Lucasfilm executives. That's not unusual, of course, but it's a laughably recurring problem at Lucasfilm under President Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, says agents, top filmmakers are dying to make a Star Wars movie until they sign on and experience the micromanagement and plot point by committee process. Jenkins wasn't willing to dick around and she has other projects, notably Wonder Woman 3 at Warner Brothers, where she enjoys more creative freedom. Mm. Michael, I am so sick of this. It just keeps happening. Like, we, and every time it doesn't result in a good thing. Like, no. Like, there's, we haven't there's had a of... movie since, uh, not since Last Jedi have we had a movie that hasn't experienced any problems. Because it was... Well, pre- yeah, any behind the, yeah, behind the scenes problems. As far as production goes. Yeah, exactly. Because it was pretty... F- uh, you know, they, they, it was, it was I pretty like, fluid with I last. I feel Jedi. like I remember them hearing they said that they gave like Ryan Johnson a lot of creative control. You know, 
Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't know why they they sh- they shied away from that. But look, so after after that, you know, you had all that stuff that go that went on with. Uh, Lord and, Miller. Lord and Miller in Solo. Which resulted uh, in like the most committee made Star Wars film ever. Yes. Uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy scrapped Betty Off Betty Off Betty Off and Weiss's uh, Star Wars trilogy. I don't went know. Nowhere. I don't know if they've ever actually di- like directly said that Ryan Johnson trilogy is scrapped. It's just they haven't mentioned it in like four years. <laughs> so <laughs> Well, yeah. It's hundred percent coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh so that's gone. Mm. Uh what else? You know, uh I feel like I'm missing out on something else. The major um, ones. Uh uh, was there was rumors of like a Boba Fett film in the past? But oh yeah, that was a little while ago. That, that was, was ages uh, ago. That though. was when Josh Trank, the director of Fett Forstick, was assigned to it. Uh, thank, I'm actually kind of glad that didn't happen. All right, that's uh, going to be a one we watch together. But. Yes, that's that. Sure, why not? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just been the 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 film industry mm. part of Lucasfilm has just been littered with this rubbish. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wish that it didn't seem like Kathleen Kennedy's fault, but it kind of does. This it, like, that that quote directly yeah. alludes to her micromanagement. I mean, it's always been stated as like, "Oh, Lucasfilm interfering and stuff like that." And I guess it says Lucasfilm executives. Yeah, that's a blanket statement for Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, especially because it, it just feels like this idea of you, our favorite Star Wars stories in like the recent history have been ones where they've really given like the opportunity for like the artists and the creators to be able to like do what they want to. And this felt like the way that, as you said, like she was telling in a story about like how her connection with the, her, was it her father, like pilot or? Yeah. Her father yeah. was a fighter. pilot. She was, feels like she, it was going to be a passion project thing where they gave like freedom to her, but no, I nope. guess uh, maybe you could say like, there's a bit of an issue. Cause like it was rogue squadron is like a well-defined like thing in like original trilogy yeah. past. And you they can't... said they couldn't agree on the script yeah. is what they said. And so I guess you can't do like major changes to that, that there would have been, but it just, it just feels like such a missed opportunity. I know, but that, I know that's the thing. That's just, that's the semantics of it. You yeah. know, it, we don't care what it was actually about. I was just excited to see Patty Jenkins direct a freaking Star Wars movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make, make it about Gungans. Who, who do I care? Patty I Jenkins care? is an incredibly talented person. I was so excited for her to actually helm a, a project like this. Mm. Uh, and now it doesn't seem like it's going to happen because of the fact that this micromanagement in the film part of Star Wars keeps going on. I don't no, no, see no, no, why... Jack, it's indefinitely delayed, which means it will come out in 17 oh. years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm just saying, if any of this bullshit happens mm. with Taika Waititi's movie, oh. I, will, I will just boycott the films. Chances I'll just, I'll- potentially maybe lower because he has directed Star Wars on the uh, in the uh, Mandalorian. That's before. true. He's directed on again, TV. Mandalorian. But then again, Ryan Johnson did do Last Jedi, and they were very happy with him yes. until they just no longer have said anything about his Well, trilogy, that might so. be where it's born from, you know, because yeah. it's no secret that the, the the Star Wars fan base hasn't been the same since The Last Jedi, nor no. has the creative process, right. right? So the fact that all of this micromanagement crap started happening after Last Jedi was released, maybe that's because they're so... They're, they're, I know what we forgot. There was slight issues with um, reshoots in Rogue One. Uh, that is true. Did, that uh, is true. Gareth Edwards did like shoot that all originally, only for it to then be like pretty much reshot and like change major change to the script. That I don't think release Gareth, the release the Gareth. Yeah, cut. that that wasn't Gareth Edwards' decisions. Although he was no. still like very like like face like oh yeah, it's still my film. Like talking like production, but there Correct. were major changes to that. Correct. That's one thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know why because it seems to me that the whether it's whether it's Kathleen Kennedy specifically or it's just the uh, major creative heads at Star Wars, mm. they seem to have left TV alone. They're just like, you know, they, yeah, they, they've they hired the right people and they're just like, go do your thing. I and it's like clearly working, right? But for the movies, been, they can't leave. They, they, they just, 
Yeah, they, if, they, they just keep interfering. It feels like it's kind of like not a priority. Like if you talk about like five years ago, you think, what is Star Wars? Oh, Star Wars is a movie series. It's a yeah. it's a series of movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, there are some TV shows. That's not really – that's not the main thing people think of when we, Star we had, Wars. We had Clone Wars and Rebels. That was it. I guess the idea that it's like not a priority – or at least wasn't a priority, has really lent to the fact that they can kind of do whatever they want and is why we're in kind of the Star Wars TV renaissance. I mean, it's not really a renaissance if it's the first time it's been... Well, Clone Wars was like a little bit, but like... Well, that's the thing, I mean... huge. That is pretty much what... And when people are saying, oh, I'm anticipating the next Star Wars thing, they're almost 100% talking about a TV show. We don't know what's happening with the next movie whenever that's Well, I stand out. by the fact that Star Wars works better on... TV at this point. Yeah. All right, the saga movies belong on the big screen, obviously. But we're never going to get another Phantom Menace again. That was perfection. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that the the smaller stories that they're telling now in today's day and age of you know uh, you know making Star Wars stuff. Right. Uh, I think TV is a much better medium because you yeah. get so much more time to tell stories and stuff like that. I feel it's like just- the movies need to be bigger stories. And you can't tell them about the Skywalker saga. I feel like you probably couldn't even have after Return of the no, Jedi. No, you can't but, tell Skywalker saga. They decided saga them to do them anyway. But that's done. Let's hope it's done now. You kind of want the movies to be big things, but you can't also have anything really in Star Wars be bigger than the Skywalker saga. So it's kind of in a weird limbo where they're either going to be smaller stories, which work better in TV, yeah. or it's going to be something new that's going to be has to be big, in which case, why like it's not Star Wars if it's not really the Skywalker saga, if it's like they're trying to do a big thing. Or you just continue the Star Wars style, which we've seen just does not work if you don't do it properly. So yeah. I think you're right. I think TV in the current state of Star Wars has just been more successful and is more interesting in the direction it's currently going. Yeah, because the state that we're in right now as far as Star Wars storytelling goes is they're creating tinier, smaller stories. Yeah, more self-contained, set, set, set in different eras, different time periods. Set in or around the chronology that we know, yeah. which is why I'm excited for a, for a show like Acolyte because that's going to go back quite a while. Well, yeah, you know, that, you know, that would be an interesting show, yeah. It, even that, no, nothing. No, no, like I just want to get back to this whole. We we discussed Disney Plus Day a little mm. bit earlier, but you know, nothing. nothing for. I wasn't expecting a trailer or anything, but no. at least maybe like a release date, maybe some casting news. Nothing, not a yeah. damn thing. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like they've they've announced a bunch of different things, and it's like potential in the future. I don't know whether they mentioned directly like the order they would be coming out. Like I know Marvel, whenever they do it, they generally have like a timeline of what's coming out when. Yes. This was. I feel like this was just kind of like here are all of these things very vaguely. Like so many of them were like we're in early production phase. Like not even have we not cast yet. We've barely even started scripts. I feel like that was the idea with really only like maybe. Uh, Kenobi, Kenobi was a fair bit along the way. Ahsoka might have been early, but like maybe. So, but in that sense, it's such so far down the line that um, I forgot what I was saying. It's okay. We were talking about acolyte. Yeah. So that that it's um, uh, yeah. This because they're so early on, like and whatnot. Uh, it's it it doesn't feel like it's not planned. It's like they don't really. I feel like they don't know how they're gonna go yet. Like there's clearly Patty Jenkins had. Had um had the creative differences and has decided to well uh, or it's been indefinitely delayed. Exactly. Well, based on what it um, sounds like, because they mentioned the script, right? Yeah. And what, and I'm, like, what I'm thinking is that she was developing a script, you know, something that was de- that was related to her own experiences and yeah. the stories that her father would have told her and that kind of thing, you know. And the 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 the, the Lucasfilm micromanagers would have come in and tweaked it all, and she wouldn't have been okay with that, and understandably yeah. so, you know. Exactly. And that because we haven't we've hardly received anything here, like Book of Boba Fett's the next thing coming out and whatnot, and then Kenobi after that, but. It does kind of feel like, aside from the TV, which is going in a direction, 
I, I just, I don't know if Lucasfilm knows what direction they want to be going with film-wise after this because... It's like they feel the movies are more important right now, right, also, which they're not. But I, even, don't, I, don't, I don't believe they are. Even with that, like, the, the anthologies previously with connected to, like, the sequel trilogy were always kind of, like, tie-overs. Like, in between your wait for The Last Jedi or in between your wait for Rise of Skywalker, um, you would have, like, these little, like, these, these kind of side stories that you would tell. The TV shows are clearly able to fill that gap now. Like, I, I personally think that the when The Mandalorian Season 1 was... Two, one, I think one was coming out when Rise of Skywalker was. Like, that was more interesting to me than Rise of Skywalker. But that's kind of filling that itch of, like, Star Wars stories aside from while waiting for the big films. But the films that we were expecting, the Patty Jenkins one of Rogue Squadron, sounded really cool. But nothing, like, super exciting. Yeah. Taika Waititi sounds like a great opportunity, but I doubt that's going to be the next cinematic epic. Like... Yeah, the, the, I feel like the movies are in such a weird place now that I don't even know if Lucasfilm knows the direction they're going to be going. I wouldn't mind not seeing a Star Wars movie for, for a little while because we're going to be so tied over with the shows, but yeah. it honestly feels like it, the, the the behavior as far as micromanagement and the Lucasfilm uh, interactions with the people who make those stories come to life mm. is it's almost like an attitude of, oh, we don't really care about the show, so just do whatever you want. They'll, 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 they'll be... Hey, and they are, and if they end up. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. That's up, working. And they end up being the most loved parts of Star Wars right now. Yeah. And then they put so much effort into uh, making sure the the movies turn what? out right, even though they're making things. Because they've always been high priority in terms of like the canon or what's allowed, the stories that they're allowed to tell. Like I know, in like a number of years ago, like there was kind of always an issue of if something appears in the movies like majorly they weren't allowed to tell stories on it. But if things like only barely appear, they were allowed to tell stories, which kind of led to a weird like phenomenon where like i know leading up to the last jedi there were a bunch of like phasma comic books and characters coming up like okay this is leading to like a major character she's going to be in it but no it's because she was hardly in it that they could tell all these stories about that the movies have always been the priority of like what is allowed to be told Um, exactly i mean we're kind of speculating a little bit in terms of we don't know 100% what goes on in Lucasfilm executives if there's, like, some person behind the scenes at Lucasfilm or Disney who's, like, super influential who yeah. just kind of directs things. But, like... All we know is that it just, yeah. keep, it just keeps happening. It does keep happening. And it's so annoying. I would, I feel like you would look at that in Lucasfilm and be like, what's happening here? What's being successful? Clearly the television direction is going. And just keep pushing that. But yeah, that doesn't also, seem to be the case. You know what's being successful? Uh, letting people tell their stories. Yeah. Because that's what Dave Filoni and Deborah Chow and John Favreau and Rick Famuyiwa and Taika Waititi, all the people who made The Mandalorian, are about Robert to Rodrigo. take and are about, Robert Rodriguez, <laughs> who's directing and show running the Boba Fett series. Right, yeah, I forget about that. He's just they're, they're getting the chance to tell these stories that are just going to be really enthralling and interesting for us to see, and clearly that's working. So I don't know why they can't employ that for the movies. And it just it, and this also maybe you know relates yeah. relates to something that we're talking about now uh, because Kathleen Kennedy's contract has been uh, has been reassigned resigned for another three years years. so she's not going anywhere no uh well i mean i guess that's the thing i mean people don't see this if you look at it purely as a business thing like early on the star wars films of course were incredibly successful they're not going to fire or get rid of her because they're like not successful that wasn't the case except for solo which was a bit of a glitch like that's about it and now the direction i feel like disney's going where they're trying to promote disney plus keep it going the mandalorian was a huge success for disney plus i know so many people like just got the like disney plus early on for the mandalorian have just kept it going like yeah it's not Star Wars isn't in a bad position, but it's like, yeah, it, it feels like the uh, its success doesn't always, 100% always correlate to what's good or, like, what, what we're wanting with it because there's always been these kind of, like, failures behind the scenes and that hasn't always correlated to what 
what I feel like Disney would view as a success for Star Wars. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, you know, they don't view our creative differences and the la- and the loss of directors and script rewrites yeah, and stuff. They don't see that as a reason to let someone like Kathleen Kennedy go. They see... Neither should it. If you're going to let someone go, it should be for, like, major... like The way that changes. someone's going to get, you know, removed is if the movies don't do well. Yeah. And the thing is, regardless of what you think of Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and stuff like that, those wrong. movies made a billion dollars. Yeah, only so- so- Solo was the only time there was a potential flaw. And I think yeah. that was just, I mean, a number of factors, but. Because creative I, heads and the people who do the hiring and stuff yeah. like that, they don't look at all the stuff that goes on beforehand. They look at the stuff that goes on after. And exactly. if they like what they see, the people who are in charge are going to stay, are, are going to stick around. Yeah. And uh, regardless of what you think about Rise of Skywalker and all that stuff, they made a lot of money, which means that Kathleen, Ke- you know, you know, when we see box office numbers, Kathleen Kennedy sees job security. I do at least like the fact that I don't agree with that no, but I, uh, I, it's the case I do I am happy though that after the, the Rise of Skywalker there has been a break because yes that still made a pretty much the most universally disagreed like uh, that people dislike it even Phantom Menace at the time that came out people were like yeah that's alright and then later were like yeah maybe not pretty yeah. much everyone who came out of Rise of Skywalker I mean there probably were some people were like this is kind of this is kind of shit so I understand <laughs> I understand that there is like that idea that they, they took the time and like we're not going to immediately make more Star Wars films. Like that's good. There needed to be a break. Yeah. There needed to be a focus shift to television or something else because it just was not working to the towards the end. Rise of Skywalker had a number of reasons and things just that it just did not result in in a good Star Wars experience in my opinion. So even though it made a lot of money, I I I, I was I'm surprised. I feel like it would make sense that oh they make a billion dollars. Let's make another one. It's kind of the mentality of like trashy films. It's like, yeah, they're terrible. People keep watching them. Let's just keep making them. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that they haven't gone in that direction, that we don't just get like progressively worse and worse and worse like Star Wars films each year to the point where like our podcast is like, yeah, we don't like Star Wars anymore, but we're still going to talk about it. Like, that would suck. <laughs> the shows power our podcast right now. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, content has never really been the, the thing we needed to keep going. Like, we, we can we can pump this podcast out just with a oh, complete we can power and beat of we can milk this cow until it is dry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that's, well, I guess I just wanted to, you know, talk about the fact that, you know, I'm not sure why Kathleen Kennedy would want to create problems like this, especially because of the fact that, you know, she's been very vocal since she became the uh, president of Lucasfilm about, you know, the right amount of female representation right. in, in the, in the subject matter. They've not only done that with, you know, main characters like Ray and Gino, so and stuff, but yeah, this, was this would have been first your first opportunity to have your, to, to have a female director in the in Star movie. Wars movies. Yeah. We've, had, we've got Deborah Chow, we've got Bryce Dallas Howard on Mandalorian, mm. but this would have been the first, movie directed by a woman for Star yeah. Wars and I would imagine that no one would want something like that more than Kathleen Kennedy I don't agree with all the you know the forces female bullshit that happened a couple of years ago but uh, uh, it's just it's just inclusion you know I, I, I know of like course it's inclusion it's, but it's the idea of like dramatically shifting what has so heavily been perceived as a male dominated um, yes. fandom for the past 20-30 years yes and like not even like shifting the demographics but shifting the opinion that it is that demographic like yeah. if you were to like come out as like a Star Wars fan like super heavily like heavily into it and like to the point of like being a star wars nerd but like not being like the major like male like in your 20 in your 30s or 40s whatever that you are now like oh, I guess yeah that. like there, there's a demographic shift but that's different to what this is i feel like yeah the upshot the upshot of it yeah. is that if you want really great uh inclusive representation not only in the movies but in the creative voices in, behind people who are making the film in the creative process then 
no one could do that better than a director like Kathleen Kennedy because uh, no, sorry, not Kathleen Kennedy, Patty Jenkins. Yeah, and the, because right I, now she's probably the most well-known female director. It wasn't even a controversial decision. I feel like even the people who are like, Ugh, get, get these like, no, I was, stuff. I was so like, excited to see Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins is, is a universally like pretty much. I, 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 that was a pretty well-received decision. I feel yeah, like, yeah, like well, I, I, I mean, I love. Wonder Woman, it's a great movie. Wonder Woman 1984, I didn't like at all. I haven't seen the sequel. Yeah, but regardless of what your thoughts on the movies themselves are, they are beautifully made and they look great. And that's because she's a fantastic director. Yeah. So I was really excited to see this movie. I'm probably not ever going to see this yeah. movie, which is uh, saddening, but I really hope that Taika Waititi's movie uh, ends up okay and it makes it out on the other side uh, in the form that he wants it to take. Yeah. If I had a nickel for each time this keeps happening, I would have like five nickels, which isn't much, but it's just weird that it keeps happening. I was aiming for the laughter, but yep. got the trombone instead. <laughs> we really got to label these. We do have to work it out. That's all right. Uh, hey, it works better. Works better. Yeah, uh, but guys, I think that. That's the show, I think. I mean, that that's basically the dis- the, uh, the yeah. main three discussions that we wanted to have. Anything? Mm. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about, Michael? No, I think. Uh, yeah, it's. We've, we're, there's. I guess there are some other news overall, like in our in our extended break that we've had that we haven't been able to cover. But I mean, overall, um, just yeah, we're excited to keep going forward now, and uh, we're very close to the Book of Boba Fett. I'm very excited. Some for of that. the news has been a little bit disheartening to be a Star Wars fan. Like again, like there are a lot of shows we didn't even mention potentially that what's been happening with Rangers of the New Republic, with Rangers. Like, yeah, I'm not even that. sure if that. I'm not even sure if that show's happening anymore. Because I think but the that general was, that wasn't because of creative differences. I think that because of the fact that that what they were going it to was do heavily implied it was going to be a Cara Dune led one. Yes, that's true. And but obviously, like, Gina Carano's not involved anymore. That's been just kind of like subtly in the background, kind of like they're no longer mentioning that as upcoming or stuff like. I don't well, know. There was a little. There was a little. Uh, you know part a little uh you know a little bit of time uh quite a while ago now where they said that they were going basically just going to rework the show and replace Hopefully. uh Dune with Harrison Dula. Right. Well, which uh, I that, would was, have... that was a rumor though. I don't think that was ever No, that was never confirmed, but it was just a rumor. Yeah. Uh, but like it's something you... I would love to see, but I'm not sure if we ever will. Yeah, so there's sometimes disheartening news. But hey, the fact that Book of Boba Fett's coming out soon and again like after is it next year that there's three shows? Mando 3 Obi-Wan Kenobi. Possibly four, Ahsoka, right? Andor? And Andor. Four? If so, next year is going to be packed for Star Wars content. So yes. it, it, it's going to be fun, uh, fun doing the, the podcast proper with all this new content coming out. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. That's... Otherwise, yeah, stay tuned for when we do do the... <laughs> well, stay tuned for when we do the uh, Boba Fett weekly reviews. But up, up until then, we'll still have Star Wars weekly uh news for that but uh, exactly yeah. Uh, yeah so guys thank you so much for listening as mm. always uh, listening and watching uh, because you can find us both on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts uh, so we're available on YouTube now in this video format as well as the uh, yeah all the podcast formats that were available on will be uh, the links for those will be in the description mm-hmm. as well as uh, social media Facebook Instagram and Twitter where we're there on all three of them yep be sure to tag us and send us messages as well Um, yeah basically this is a new format for us we're still testing it out we, have, we, we think it's, it's turned out really good we put a lot of effort into it but if you have any advice or, or feedback be sure to send us messages and tell us about it because we're happy to hear from you yeah uh, and that's about it, Michael. Anything else to say? No, I think it's a. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna stay Star Wars. Stay Star Wars. I'm, I'm not gonna do it. All right. He's threatening to get a soundboard of Stay Star Wars. I'm not letting him. Do I it. really want to put Stay Star Wars on the soundboard. Uh, I think I might be outvoted because everything here is a mutual decision. Yeah, everything. A, it needs to be unanimous between two. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, guys, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a mm-hmm. comment. Leave a like. Uh, make sure you check out all our other videos in regards to just movie reviews and stuff like that. I've got a, a lot of great movie reviews coming this your way because I saw a lot of movies before I went. 
Told My Trip Ooh, yes. uh, that I have not yet got to review. There's a lot of great movies that I'm very excited to talk to you guys about. Mm. Uh, and those reviews will be out as soon as possible. Uh, make sure to download this episode on the uh, podcast feeds. That really helps us. Oh. That really helps us out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, listen to us there as well as watching us here so you can see our handsome faces. Yes. And for audio listeners, uh, stay in there. You know, yeah. you don't get to see our handsome faces. It's like, you know, maybe 20% of the overall experience. But hey, you know, you're still getting some Star Wars content. So that's always fun. Exactly. Uh, stay tuned for a lot more, guys. We're going to be back next week with hopefully a lot more cool Star Wars related stuff to talk mm. about. Michael? Yeah. Uh, thanks. I forgot what I said. Thanks for listening, so guys. Long. This has been Telling, Telling the, the Odds. odds.